Knock on the door and tell me the good news, because the good news is you're listening to Plygonometry, dude. Hey, what's up? Uh, it's your it's your podcast host. This is the podcast where you every week like the thing that happens is that I have someone sit down and then I talk with my face hole, and you know that's it. <laughs> dude, such a stupid intro. Hey, what's up? I know it's stupid. I you're listening to Polygonometry. This is the family podcast where each week I ever sit down with a member of my family and we talk about what it's like growing up in polygamy. I'm your host, Chris Jessup, and I'm an apostate, and they don't like me there anymore. Not that much. Some do, some don't. It's 50-50 from what I can tell. But I just want to let you know that this week's episode is going to be a great one. Uh, my guest on this week, dude. Okay, before I get to my guest this week, I want to let you know that you get if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, send them my way. I have a Facebook. I have an Instagram. I also have an email, polygonometrypod, on all the things. And also, if you want to like suggest this podcast to people, feel free. You're not going to scare me. You're not going to upset me in any way. And if you like the podcast, tell your friends. And if you don't like the podcast, tell your friends. People need to make their own decisions about things, and if you want or have questions or say you want to have something to say, let me know. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. But my guest on the show this week is my first cousin, and she came in with guns a blazing. That's I, I, I think that's the best way to describe my my guest this week because she has been kind of like charging up in a way, like Godzilla with his atomic breath. She was like ready to come in and start talking about stuff that happened in Pinesdale when we both were growing up. And uh, I was stoked to have her on. Her brother's been on the show. Uh, some more of her relatives are going to be on the show in the future, probably. And it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. It's going opp- uh, to be an opposite episode. I was about to say awesome, but then I said opposite because the EP in episode has a P in it. And awesome and episode turns into opposite. So... You see what I'm saying? I hope you guys enjoy the episode that I have this week with my dad's second oldest sister's uh, daughter. Yeah, and that's just been a, a opinion-forming arc. Oh, okay. I guess. All right, so it sounds like there was almost a... I need to revisit some things because I didn't know about them kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you could say that. Nice. Anyway, let's tackle the big story. Okay, what's the big story? Hit me with it. Um, trigger warning, we are going to talk about sexual abuse. All right. Um, <clears throat> Let me stretch for a sec. All right, ready. I'm ready to go. And to preface this, um, episode three said it all for me. <laughs> After that episode, I was like, damn, I don't need to do an episode. She's doing it for me. <laughs> um and then episode 11, I was like scrubbing the sink at work. And I was like, wait, 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 me. I have something to say. And it was. Um, okay. Uh, in episode 11. Okay. Your guest talked about, uh, she was like, so you remember that kidnapper that was going around? Like I was like this old and you were like this old and you were like, no. 
And this was, oh, I was like, okay, yeah. At that moment, I was like, oh, oh, I. This is a phenomenon that I can articulate. Okay. And um. Okay, I know what you're talking about. That was the moment I literally paused it and I texted you. I need to be on your podcast. Okay, so for some context for people who might not have listened to, to episode 11, so my guest on that episode was talking about how when she was younger, growing up in Pinesdale, there was this kind of thing or this uh, this almost like. You can, I, the only way that I can really articulate it is like, you know, you know how as a nation we used to have like a, a murder clown problem? <laughs> in 2016. Right. Right. And that was a, a thing that people were concerned about. Here at that time, from what my guest was saying, there was not a murder clown problem here in Pinesdale, but there was a problem of creepy dudes driving around in a white van that might pick up little kids. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So... I'm kind of doing this out of order, but it's going to be fine. fine. So, yeah, she talked about that kidnapper, and then that brought back all of these memories for me as a kid. Okay. Um, so do you remember that? Was that something that you recall? Hang on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll answer itself. Okay. I can't gotcha, give you a gotcha. answer. Okay. So, like, growing up as a little girl in okay. Pinesdale, yes. um, there was, I, I can't help but explain it, except that, like, you know, we didn't talk about sex, right? Yeah. Nobody did. Culturally. Didn't talk about it. But there was this inherent, like, knowledge as a little girl that you knew that these kind of bad things could happen to you. I don't know mm. if that's, like, a cultural, like, and a cultural thing bred into you as a woman. I don't know. But that was just a thing we knew. So, it like, might be, for so sure. I had a classmate or two who told the story about how, um, you know, that they saw this kidnapper and that this guy, you know, uh, did the single finger come here motion into this, you know, it's, I mean, like we were like 15 Okay. and she was like, into this day, like, I can't do that. I'll just do the whole hand waving you over. Come here. Because that creeped me out so much. And they thought they were oh, going to get kidnapped. Okay. And like, I remember there being signs or flyers posted on all the signs in town. Cause, and I remember this vividly because the stop sign at the end of my street was knocked over on the ground. So <laughs> I got a really good look at it <laughs> of um, a guy to watch out for height, hair color, what he was driving, whatever. Okay. And I think, um, you know, as little girls, and I think this affected us girls more than the boys, which is why your guests remembered it and you didn't. Yeah, yeah, was for sure. That, um, you know, we were naturally kind of paranoid about that stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, as little totally. girls. And so uh, whether that's all fabricated or not, or, you know, that was uh, just that that was a thing that consumed us as little kids. And so, like, we perpetuated those myths. The fear mm -hmm. kind of drove the story. Mm -hmm. And okay. the... Um, Whether it was true or not, you guys were still scared. And you might have to edit this out. Okay. Um, you know, and then... Who was actually plucked off her bike by a stranger. Yeah. Abused, mm -hmm. you know? Like, the one instance of it happening in Pinesdale gave credence to this uh, mass hysteria that we perpetuated as little girls because we inherently were afraid of sexual abuse because it was a problem as little girls that we were facing. Just... Yeah wasn't the strangers in the cars, mm -hmm. which also we were a cult on the hill that <laughs> everyone knew about. Right. Yeah. So there were looky loos, you know, there are people coming up here to, Dude, there to was, drive. Okay. The and that shit was creepy as the, a little girl who had to walk home from school. Yeah. There is a certain level that is undeniable that there is a little bit of tourism. Yes. That has, that surrounds this one square mile of who wouldn't. Right. Shit. If it was me and I was in Arkansas, I'd be like, let's go. Dude, let's do it. Let's go see those crazies. Um, no, not that we're crazy. We definitely are. But um, no, like Mormon missionaries. They know about it. They hear about it. 
Totally. And they drive up and take pictures in front of the Welcome to Pinesdale sign that Anthony made. Yes. <laughs> and send them home. Very to well the, done. Yeah, very nice sign. Quality. Quality. Um, and they send them, send pictures home to their family. Yep. Hey, do some research. Google this. Yep, totally. Look where I am. Totally. And yep. that's where, I think that that's where your guest's belief of that came from. And it's not that that was the first and only kidnapper to drive through. And it you're, probably wasn't. You are straightening things out in my head so well. Does that make sense? I think but you're so on the on the nose with like this. As she said it, I'm like, duh, that's what we all thought. Yeah. Like, that's what we all thought as little kids because shit was going on. And yeah. there was one really true instance of that happening. So the anecdotal evidence of that therefore, instance, therefore. To yep. a nine-year-old girl, mm -hmm. there's kidnappers on the loose yep. for sure. Yeah. And we all had to walk home from school or walk to our friend's house. Nobody got a ride anywhere. No. Why would you? Okay. So anyway, that, okay. That, that's what uh, sparked my need to tell the story. Okay. And um, one of the other reasons why was because every one of your guests that's come on here has inevitably talked about sexual abuse because that's uh, one of the things that every single person walked away from Pinesdale with. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? Yeah, there is there is an inherent undertone of sexual abuse in whatever intensity and whatever form it takes, regardless of gender as well, I think, yeah. in a certain way. One of the takeaways from Pinesdale for all of us was sexual abuse is a component of it. Okay. Hang on, we'll just keep saying this and you can edit the best one in. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it out. Like, yeah. When we're all thinking about our trauma from Pinesdale and why Pinesdale was so um, difficult for us. Oh, or okay. Wrong, I think I know what you're um, saying. Sexual abuse is a big proponent of what we see as is wrong with Pinesdale. So, yes, it's that's flawed. what I was going to say. Like one of the bad things about growing up and where we did Correct. is that there was a lot of that happening. Um, whether we experienced it or not, it's usually the cat, one of the main catalysts for the reasons why people leave. Correct. Okay. Correct. I think I got you. Um, and yeah, every single one of your guests has said something about it because it's something that, um, is with all of us. Mm -hmm. And, um, cause you know, people, you, you hear, you hear stories, you, you know, and, and there is a lot of like hush, hush. Yes. Around it. There's which a culture makes of it silence worse. that yep. we are taught. That, mm -hmm. is, um, that is taught in all sex abuse to begin with, but especially in Pinesdale. Yeah. Uh, the code of silence is stronger. Yeah. Um, also, and then, you know, my brother came on because he was itchy and he had a, Tim, yeah. needed to do a whole nother episode because he was just not feeling right about this topic not properly being yep. talked about. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I wanted to bring a female perspective into that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It was great. It was a great episode. Yeah. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> I, I like how you're just like, well, anyway, <laughs> let's move on from sexual abuse. No, no I'm just let's kidding. move on to sexual abuse. <laughs> um, and I want to get this right. I fact-checked okay. my info um, and my experiences in this um, with the people I experienced it with okay. to uh, make sure I had the chronology right, etc. Sure. Um, so, excuse me. Uh, I, I so appreciate you having your notes. This makes my life so much I, easier. <laughs> want to get this right <laughs> okay so there's um, a lot of times where i'm like doing stuff or doing stuff where we're uh just chatting on the episode and i kind of have to like scramble and i'm like kind of playing like verbal defense not like saying that you're attacking me by any means but or or whatever what i'm saying is like i gotta see where the episode's gonna go right and so i have to kind of be like, okay so what avenue can i take okay. next but now that you have notes i'm just kind of like all right so we can just chat yes. i like how you're taking the lead and i appreciate it thank you wonderful i have always been terrible at letting the man lead <laughs> Dance class was horrible for no, you. No, I was the best damn dancer in dance class, and everybody knows. 
<laughs> anyway, um, so before we drive into Pinesdale's closet, and I don't mean I don't want to say that. Before we drive into, um, yeah, fine, Pinesdale's closet about this, I want to just take a look at the real world, um, how the real world works, and the facts pertaining to sexual abuse. Okay. So then we can hyper focus in Pinesdale. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so just to be clear, because this is people just don't know this. Um, not all abusers are pedophiles. Not all pedophiles abuse, but it is common. Yes. Not all pedophiles or abusers are serial abusers. Yes. So yeah, there's I agree. a lot of like uh, two or three one-offs, but it's not like someone who does this chronically, predatorily for their whole life. Yeah. Um, scientifically, it's, and these are all scientific things. Scientific. That's right. All that's right. That really word. helps what you're about to say next, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I pulled all these off the internet, which is 100% true. It's a, Yeah, whatever it's, I um, mean. So um, people who probably would not abuse um, do abuse under extreme stressors, which are drugs, life, poverty, being in a cult, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, to address, you know, head on the cycle of abuse, which is that victims become, abuse become ab- abusers, yep. which is, uh, you know, a God's greatest tragedy. It's really. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, yeah. Um, Song as old as time. And that abuse, you know, there's a big movement for normalizing pedophilia and normalizing that. Wait, where is this coming from? There's a normalization movement to normalize pedophilia? Oh yeah. Have you heard of NAMBLA? The National Association of Men Boy Love. What? National Men Boy Love Association. Are you, okay. Look it up. NAMBLA. M-N-A-M-B-L. There might not. Yeah. Look it up. NAMBLA. This is the whole thing. And this is... North American Man-Boy Love Association. Yes. What? So this is... um, Is this? A movement of people under the belief that if the abuse is not abusive, if it's gentle and loving, that it's not harmful, which science... Science completely says, no, there's a reason why a child has to be, a person has to be sexually developed to properly comprehend these acts and the emotions that go with them. Yeah, this is real. I told you I looked this shit up. Dude. You're kind of you're kind of blowing my mind right now. <laughs> you're welcome. That's why after everyone talked about this in all the prior episodes, I was like, no, 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 it's my turn. To <laughs> give me the mic. <laughs> yeah, you wanted some 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 attention with the microphone. Very That's totally fine. Okay, so Nambla. And let me say that all of this is coming from a place because this touched my life, and we're gonna get to that. Like okay. my passions. And There's a good pun there, but we'll move forward. That is a great pun. <laughs> I was touched by abuse in this fashion or that. Okay. So, yeah, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page. The North American Man-Boy Love Association is a pedophilia and pederasty pederasty advocacy organization in the United States. It works to abolish age of consent laws, criminalizing adult sexual involvement with minors and campaigns for the rest of the release of men who have been jailed for sexual contacts with minors that did not involve what it considers coercion. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Founded by David Thorstad. Who's this jack wagon? Yeah, so these people think that children are capable of consent. What the fuck? Which children are not educated nor equipped and informed to really make a decision about consent. They believe that, that, that they believe that children can do that. Yes. Which, but sure a children a child can say yes, but can they co- fully no. comprehend what they're saying yeah. yes no, to? No, 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 no. No way. Not at all. No way. What the hell? Siri. Oh, my God. Okay. Stop that. Okay. All right. Uh, sorry. Can, I'm going, I'm going you down. You can a, dive into the dark web later. I don't do that shit. No, me neither. Okay. Anyway. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, okay. this is a real thing. I don't. I'm not here to make this shit up. All right. Though I could, <laughs> if you'd like. No. That's another podcast. Yeah, we can do that. Um, <laughs> so then, and just to like point out the gender roles and abuse, which statistically it's um, it's something terrible. Like one in five little girls um, are abused, and like one in no, it's like one in four little girls and one in seven little boys or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Which, as you get into adulthood for women, that increases because women are also assaulted as adults. So it's like one in three women have experienced some form of sexual assault or abuse in their lifetime. Totally. Um, Fact check me. Those are close. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll, Um, we'll trust it. And then just to talk about the fact that there is a family cycle in abuse. um, That's a very real phenomenon. Unfortunate, but real. Yes. Um, And what happens with abuse between children. So children who are being abused by someone older go on to abuse other children. And so there's a question of what is natural sexual curiosity amongst children and what is abuse. So it's not uncommon for children, children, like little kids, like six and seven year olds to be engaging in acts. And, you know, there's not necessarily a perpetrator in that circumstance. So it sounds like it's exploratory. Correct. But it is no. So So there's a fine line here where, you know, humans, we are inherently sexual beings. Yeah. And so there's a natural sexual curiosity of how our bodies work, how our bodies differ, especially as little kids. Sure. You're going to be, you know, exploring that. And that's normal. Yes. But what's not normal is, you know, a child will have been abused. And so it will engage in those acts with other children. So they'll go on to mimic those things. Oh, the mimicry part. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's how abuse can be perpetuated laterally. Sure. Amongst age groups. So like gotcha. a seven-year-old being abused could abuse other seven-year-olds at a sleepover. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that's one of those ways where there's, it's mm, you can follow um, the breadcrumbs of how it happened, but there's not necessarily blame in that instance between those two kids. Mm-hmm. And that's normal. That is a super normal phenomenon. Okay. And then, you know, in a lot of cultures, and especially Pinesdale, sexual abuse in the terminology of our bodies and these acts are too forbidden to talk about which mm-hmm. you know you so and then you you'll go into the nicknames which we've done before on yes, the show and you and tim talked about that a lot yeah. in your episode um and that people can change statistically if a person who is super young as an abuser they if someone if they uh are intervened have intervention before they're 17 um, this, the odds of them reoffending drop dramatically. Like, okay. And and people can change. You know, there are people who did something once and it was probably terrible when they were 19 and they haven't done it for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not all, not everybody changes, but people can. Yeah. So and that that's actually something that is actually really important to say. To Pinesdale. Well, to Pinesdale and just like, you can even abstract that out further a little bit too with like, Tim said on that episode, like we should quite frankly applaud those who are attracted in this way, who actively seek help. Yes. And it's a really weird thing to say, but I agree with it. And that's the difference between, that's what I mean when I said not all pedophiles are abusers and not all people who abuse are pedophiles. Pedophile meaning an attraction to children. A sexual attraction to children. As opposed to um, someone abusing for power opportunity you know Mm -hmm. whatever and like and there are people who excuse me like there will be an older brother who rapes his daughter his sister an older brother raping his sister who is not necessarily attracted to children does that make sense yes so is he a pervert and a perpetrator absolutely is he a pedophile not necessarily yeah so the the distinction the line between abuse or abuser and pedophilia is is one to to make sure that people understand yes and there are 
people who are sexually attracted to children who who strive not to offend and to, um, who, who acknowledge that it's immoral and harmful and do everything they can to not. And that's beyond admirable. Yeah. That's self-control. So. Yeah. <laughs> Could you, okay. And this, this is going to get real weird really quick. Think of, this is for anybody listening, <laughs> not just you. I won't pin you down. The ominous you. Yeah. The ominous you, uh, think of the urges that you have sexually. Seriously. And that compulsion, that level of like, mm-hmm. it goes all the way down to like what the, the kind of porn that you watch or mm-hmm. consume or, you know, um, the things that you wear, the things that you like other people to wear. I mean, it the could way go you interact the with way that you, the way that you flirt, the way that you look, I mean, everything can go into it. And then imagine someone who is actively choosing not to do any of that because they know it's harmful. And we growing up where we did, not just in Pinesdale, but also on a worldwide scale, you know, suppressing your sexual feelings is unhealthy. It's not good for it's you. It's terrible. And so, it, you know, for the people who are aware that their attraction is immoral, that is... That's so tough. Man. I never thought that sitting down with you, I would be like, you know what? Sometimes yeah. pedophiles have it rough. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. That's a really weird Let thing. Let me be to... for the first to say that I will advocate for children first and foremost, one hundred percent, till I die. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That, this feels weird. I'm anyway, gonna take a sip of water. Move on. <laughs> move on. So let's look at the legality of it. There's a statute of limitations, and I it is especially in our state. I think this is federal as well. A person, if they are under eighteen, then the state has jurisdiction. Yes. So the state gets to say we're pressing charges. If they are after 18, that person has a choice. And they have until they are 28 to, uh, for abuse that happened before 18, they have 10 years after that to um, press charges before the statute of limitations expires. Okay. And it is a victim's, you know, after that, it is their right to come forward, to settle out of court. It is their right to confront whatever it is. Sure. After 18. Um, yeah. Ultimately, that's that. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to, there's, and then, I don't know, how do you feel about the, the time limit? Complicated. Because, super complicated. Because the person should, that's where civil court mm-hmm. uh, can do a little bit of reparation there. Being that, you know, if you were, if you were abused or harassed uh, at 15 mm-hmm. and you are 28, excuse me, let's say you're 29, so you're just past the statute of limitations and you finally have done enough work, you're in a good enough place, and you finally have rebuilt yourself to have the courage to come forward. Criminally, you can't. Because, God forbid, you know, there's it's so hard to prove this, mm-hmm. this, and that. The only way you'd be able to prove it is with, like... Happened, you know, over 17 years well, ago. Well, with, like, or photo whatever. and video, which, if that case, that person's in possession of child pornography, therefore it's still chargeable. Yeah. But without that, it's improvable. Yeah. And so... You know, do we have the right to convict someone for a crime we can't prove? That's a slippery slope. So that's where civil that's court. Tough, yeah. Civil court offers a not, not a format of justice, but a format of compensation. So you can go to civil court and you can, you know, I don't Settle. know if the statute of limitations is there, but you can win money yeah. to pay for whatever whatever it is you need paid for. Yeah, reparations. To, to deal with that. Um, yeah. Okay. So, how do I feel about it? It's a very double-edged sword. Yeah. You know, my, my heart goes out to people who don't get to get the justice that they deserve, but 
you know, can we, you know, in our in our great state of Montana and mm-hmm. the United States, we can't. Um, you should not convict someone without. You have to. Sorry, be beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. You know, which is and also the court of public opinion will do quite a lot if the courts can't. Yeah. And I don't agree with that necessarily. Sure. But yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that. Like Harvey Weinstein could be convicted for very little mm-hmm. criminally, but in the court of public opinion, he's a dead man. Oh, yeah. He's, Rightfully he's so. He's ruined, yeah. But that's, you know, that enables um, people being vindictive who, you know, got accusing an innocent man, which is, um, you know, to say that, you know, rape is worse than murder. Some people have said that. And that because um, you kill someone who's still living. Um, and, but then the argument is, you know, if you accuse an innocent man, you know, you ruin his life too. Mm. And that's where there's a responsibility. And I am a huge victim's advocate. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just complicated. It's a complicated issue. Yeah. It's with warranted really, arguments. It's really, really tough to wade through. And I think that's, and what sucks on top of that is that I think what you said about the, the public opinion, um, you know, kind of like the vindictiveness and, and that kind of stuff and you how you said it's like a slippery slope like that is something that I think is really important to to kind of note um, because we need to make sure that we're like I mean it doesn't happen hardly at all statistically but there have been documented cases of women coming forward um, and pressing charges against someone who didn't actually commit the crime or, nor, or where no crime was committed. Yeah, no crime was committed. Nothing happened. And shame it's on them because that's fabricated. Who, yeah, that's who. Um, they're the people fucking over real victims' credibility. That's exactly what I was gonna say. And shame on them. That, like, you. You're killing a cause that has every right to exist. Yeah, and if if you decide to do that, you, I mean, you said it best. You're you're stripping. You're you're completely hamstringing the people who have actually gone through You're something like that. You're the boy like who that. cried wolf. Yes, and it just ruins everything. Um, okay, so just moving forward, because I just wanted to, sure. to scoot through a lot of the uh, departments of abuse okay. before we get to the story. Yeah. So how it happens in the home. Statistically, it happens most often between 3 and 7 p.m., which is before mom and dad are home from work, ah. and late, late at night. Interesting. Um, you know, and, you know, things that uh, we don't necessarily see as red flags, but we need to learn our red flags, like grooming behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone is showing a very preferential... is uh, Like treatment towards a particular... Yes, to um, a particular child. Yeah. Major red flag. Mm-hmm. Major red flag. Um, wanting to spend a lot of time alone with that person, wants to take that kid for a drive. Um, and then in fami- familial cases, creeping in at night is where a lot of abuse happens. Um babysitting and sometimes parents know and they don't know how to deal with it and they sweep it under the rug and close their eyes um that's That's a real thing that happens and there's also you know some people have experienced you know to put up and shut up that's you know and that's this is often in families where it's a chronic problem and it's a cyclical and it goes back generations and so it's just a that's just how things are get over it that is something that unfortunately some fathers and mothers have told their kids so sad. And it's horrific. That's so sad. It's horrific. The, the the idea that this like, well, no, that's that's what we did when we were kids. Yeah. So yep. what's the big deal? As oh, that's this tragic. will come up later, but you know, in uh, one of the 
yeah. particular cases here, one of the comments made by a, an offender's uncle was, that's just what boys do. Yeah. And everyone else was like, that is not what boys do. Yeah, absolutely not. And that's, not. again, the difference between an appropriate sexual curiosity because from birth we are sexual beings. Yeah. Like that is a literal part of it's, us it's, physically. It's kind of unavoidable. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about Pinesdale. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is where it gets good. Okay. Uh, so we grew up in a cult. Yes. Okay, spades a spade. Um, and in all cults, and especially ours, there is a extreme distrust of government and police, and rightfully so. I mean, sure. you told a story episodes back about our own gr- grandfather who served as a decoy and led the FBI on a goose chase in the I middle mean, of the desert. I will say, I don't condone those actions, but it is badass. It is badass. It's pretty badass. badass. <laughs> and so, you know, these people... Cross-dressing. These people, yeah, it's our, amazing. Like, our grandfathers and great-grandfathers were thrown in prison. Great-grandpa for, was. For unlawful cohabitation. Yep. Right? And yep. so, there's a natural distrust in our community. That's why Lookout's called 100%. Lookout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And so that's really important to how this happens yeah. and to how this is perpetuated. Um, uh, okay, we talked about that. Um, and, you know, and then furthermore, in our cult, which is a very patriarchal mm-hmm. cult, uh, women yep. ain't shit and True. you don't matter. Yep. And so you suffer in silence. I don't even know why I have you on the show. I don't either. <laughs> um <laughs> Really I'm just going to bury myself. Um, and so, you know, growing up where we did with the views on sex and on masturbation and um, suffering in silence, which, and this is one of Pinesdale's greatest uh, blind spots, the men of Pinesdale being totally dense, is that, you know, they think that they can sweep these things under the rug, whatever, and move past it, and they think they have control over this. Yeah. And this is where they're so wrong, because by being such penis-oriented people, yep, they are off doing their own thing, the cocks are over here and yep. the hens are over there. And you know what the hens are doing? They're talking. Oh, of course they are. Holy moly. <laughs> like, nothing's happened in this community that at least five other people don't know about. Oh, 100%. Because, and rightfully so. Yeah. You have the right to confide a thousand percent. But yeah, all these dudes think that they're properly controlling this narrative or dealing with these things or keeping them yeah, quiet. And they're idiots. Yeah, it's just completely. That's harsh language. I don't mean that. No, I think you're, I don't th- <laughs> I don't think that you're like, man, I should soften the blow. It's one of their blind spots. Yeah. It's one of the ways that they think they have control, but they are completely undermining uh, women. And also, if you put a bunch of people in a room so that you can talk in private, you are giving them the opportunity to talk in private. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a two plus two equals four. Sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes, most of the time, 99.9% of the time. And so, okay, um, an important fact about me is I was the child, I am the child. You were, not anymore. According (laughs) according to my dad, you should be able to abort all the way till death. (laughs) Oh my God. So he still threatens to abort me, which is funny. (laughs) I know how your dad feels about that particular subject and that's just a funny thing (laughs) that he says. Okay. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I was the, I am the child of. Is he okay with you saying this, by the way? Um, I ran some of it by him, and okay. yes. Okay. And yes. Sweet. Also, I'm a grown-ass woman, and I can say whatever I want. I but am. Yes. I'm 100% on your side. But yes. Um, so my dad was the chief of police in Pinesdale for 24.75 years or something. It was almost exactly 25 years. And he also served on the department for, oh, a couple years prior to that. Okay. Um, yeah. Or maybe it was 20 years, 25 years total. 25 is an important number. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Lots of experience. 
And uh, so a lot of things I've picked up, um, not just from my dad, but also being the cop's kid in a cult, things that I've heard. This is uh, my rendition of what it's like being a cop in a cult. Okay, cult um, cop. Coming soon to HBO. Uh, again, so keep in mind that these are uh, people who have zero trust in the government, in an institution, unless it's the church, of course. Yep. And police officers, rightfully so. Yeah. This is not unlike the black community. Yeah. With their, you know, the way they feel about police and government. Yeah. They so, have every reason to distrust cops. So that's, Duh. That's their, that's their predisposition. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the things that everybody knows this in Pinesville was there was picking and choosing which laws to enforce. Like, oh, your 12-year-old yeah. can drive down the road in your car with a freaking six-month-old in their lap, and it's fine. Yep. Not a big deal. Nope. Especially at 45 miles an hour. And a 25 in a school zone, not a problem. Yeah. And like, and nobody ever has a problem with that. Like, I was, oh shit, I was seventeen, and I was like scooting down some of the further out back roads, and someone called my dad about me drifting around corners on your bike. Oh no. Oh. In a car. Oh, okay. <laughs> in a vehicle. I was gonna say like, all and right. it's like, I bet he has gotten called about so few people, but because it, I was his kid, you know, Dewey's oh, kids not allowed to do goodness. that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There was a lot of that. Um, <laughs> and this was something that my dad said to me that I thought was crazy. Um, according to, you know, his um, peers in Pinesdale, he was considered way too liberal because what? because of his advocacy for women and children made him a bleeding heart liberal oh. to these cultists. What a softie. Because apparently advocating for women and children makes you too liberal. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway. Jesus Henry Christ. That's such... Oh, that pisses me off, dude. Doesn't it? Oh, my God. How the... Who the fuck do you think you are that you could say that? I know. Are you kidding me? This is why everyone who comes on your podcast (sighs) doesn't have very good sentiments. Oh, my God, dude. uh, I have, he has alluded to the fact that he received um, excommun- excommunication threats if he didn't uh, pursue this or that, true or not. That that was, you know, that was one of the ways that um, as a cop in a cult, they tried to strong arm him, which most cops in most cults are totally in, totally in, you know, they're yeah, 100% they, ran by the church. Yeah, they're bought out. Yes. Yeah. Which my dad wasn't. Um which I'm very proud of him for, you know, he, yeah. him being born and raised into the same belief system that he, you know, was a free thinker for himself. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, you know, these people think that the, it's their police department, so it must work for them. Mm-hmm. It was a common. Was yeah. A, a, that was almost the expectation. Yes. It, like people would want to, it's like, well, no, come on. I pay my tithing. So let me offer this. Yeah. I did a warning. Totally. Oh, totally. damn it. Um, and you know, this is something that I think. Everyone from here could uh, he uh, agree with this sentiment being true, and also that this was actually said. Yeah, you know that uh, as a people, we abide by higher laws, not lower laws. Jesus meaning fucking the Christ. laws of God, not the laws of man. Well, Therefore, uh, well, if we want to get into the actual <laughs> the the we believes the articles of faith actually lie out that you need to follow the laws of the land. Yes. Right. Yes. I'm actually going to pull it up just because I want to. I just want to make sure that I get it right. But that um, was something that came from down, came down from on high, in our uh, little church government. That, um, yeah, that we abide by higher laws, and so then we, you know, and this is why the Catholic Church was trying to deal with their shit internally. This is why everyone tries to deal with their own shit internally, which historically is a bad idea. And now mm-hmm. the world's like, no, please don't do that. Yeah. So, Article of Faith number twelve. Hit me. 
We believe in being subject to kings. Well, you don't, you don't, you don't remember. You didn't memorize this when you were a kid. Isn't this the one that's super long? No, it's not. No, the thirteenth is the longest one. Yeah, that one's uh, being chased by an elephant. Um, We believe in. Okay, this is Article Faith Number Twelve. We believe in being subject to kings, presidents, rulers, and magistrates in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law. And hold on, there's a little hyperlink for the word law. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And that hyperlink takes us to Doctrine and Covenants, uh, section 58, verses 21 through 23. Let no man break the laws of the land, for that for he that keepeth the laws of God hath no need to break the laws of the land. And I think that's one of the things with being uh, religious and moral is that you are a law-abiding citizen. Yeah. Which, anyway, that was, that was words actually used in our little wow. church here. Hypocritical. And, yeah, so I think that in a, the theocracy that Pinesdale was, um, it was church before children, you know, which, yes. which we've seen in the Catholic church and the Mormon church and the Boy Scouts of America, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, yep. that it was church before children, mm-hmm. which is disgusting. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. No, because <laughs> like why that you would think that the institution of the church would be wanting to make sure that the future of that church is in good hands. So then they decide to neglect and abuse the future of the religion. Why do you think that there is a mass exodus from the Mormon church in first world countries? Because people are like kind of waking up to the idea that like, hey, actually, Joseph Smith wasn't the greatest dude. And you know, I, I think about this a lot, that the Catholic church, maybe they are having a mass exodus, but you don't hear about it. That they're just like... Well, it, the Mormons, the, the, the news about the people leaving the Mormon church is because it's the Mormon church, right. I think. No, but I, what I mean, like, is that, that with all the Catholic church scandals, um, there didn't seem to be as much of an exodus. But I think that's because Mormonism is all is a very immersive religion, whereas Catholicism is a Sunday religion. That was Depending on which Catholic you talk statement. to. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. That was yeah. very generalized. It's okay. Sorry to the the really great Catholics out there. Um, we actually have a lot of listeners from Italy, so yeah. Well, I would love to hear their opinions on Mormonism. Um, if you're listening from Italy, ciao. Um, so, uh, in one of the things that I think, um, we have less than one percent of my listeners from Italy. By the way, that was a completely stupid statement oh. I just said. I just but looked at my analytics. There's at least one percent, <laughs> or uh, less than one percent. There is. A listener from Italy? There is one listener from Italy. Hell yeah. It's probably like a cat behind a noodle shop or something. Good for them. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> hey, they've got great taste. <laughs> um, and one of the other things that I think happens with, uh, you know, in the cult is that, you know, there's a major caste system in all cults, right? Especially yeah. in Pinesdale. And so that, you know, some people deserve repentance and some don't. Some people deserve forgiveness and grace, and some don't. You know, there will be people crucified for what they did 30 years ago, and there will be people who... Do the same kind of thing, but just kind of like, eh, well... But they don't, they don't matter. They're more important. They're the right family. They're more redeemable. Do a family name. Mm-hmm. That's a... Do you ever get flack from the idea that your last name is a mix of two polygamous names? Do you know how many people believe that? Um, I would hope that a lot of them do, because if I were you, I would perpetuate that rumor 100%. I... It couldn't be more the opposite. I'm like, you're going to have to edit this out. I'm like, God forbid, I'm not an all red. <laughs> We're going to leave that in. I don't care. There's not a drop of that in me. <laughs> and my, the poor Allsups, they came from who knows where. Um, the the Allsups in the group 
my grandfather, yeah. he also was a convert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of those things that. That's so funny. Now that I'm pretty distanced, you know, I'm, yeah. you know, like I'm not around as many people who want to talk about all reds and Jessups all the time that aren't from here. So I don't get that question and I haven't gotten that in a long time. And man, it's like, oh, again. <laughs> Did you bring that up? <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Anyway, um, okay, so I'm going to tell you my story. Yes. And this was in uh, the fall of 2013. So this fall is pre-Lynn Thompson, and this is where Ooh, all of this is okay. uh, coming to fruition. All right. And, okay, so <laughs> when you say pre-Lynn Thompson, pre, uh, pre-split. Pre-Lynn Thompson being appointed the successor of LeMoyne Jensen yes, is what yes, I mean. Yes, yes, yes. So this okay. is while LeMoyne was alive. So yes. that bomb had not dropped yet. Yep. Um. To set the stage, uh, there had been some major cases in the, like, five years prior, even ten, like, um, big cases, and those, so those are, edit this out as you see fit, um, edit this one out, mm-hmm. that was one that touched my family, Yep. my dad, my mom, yeah. myself, you, Yep. Um, Moroni being a big one, mm-hmm. and edit this one out, you probably have this whole segment, mm-hmm. um, that's another thing. You know, so there was, like, a lot of really, really big things that happened in, like, those four years previously, which is why my dad went gray, 100%. Oh, totally. That's 100% why I went gray. Oh, no, you can find pictures. 2000, like, six, he's brunette babe. And then, oh, yeah, he's doing great. And now he's got white-ass hair. He is a silver fox, he that is. man. He is. He is. <laughs> anyway, so, in response to all of these really big cases that came out. Yeah. Um. A lot of abuse coming forward, and this is, you know... And your lot. dad is handling this. This is he's This is a lot of people waking up about um, the abuse that's going on and what's perpetuated and allowed in our culture up here. And God forbid the bleeding heart liberal and cop. And the two... So there were two main cops. There was my dad, who's the chief, and then there was... Mm-hmm. Bleep these. And then there was... And, yep. um... And so he, there was a few of them. so... Yeah. Dewey and had been volunteer police officers... All of those years. Yep. All of those years. And so it was costing them, you know, like they're sucking at their businesses. My dad particularly, you know, sucking at his business and sucking at police work because he's not able to give either of them the proper attention they deserve. Yes. Not sucking at police work, sucking at paperwork. Yes. Right. And um, so they were trying to hire on full time. Mm-hmm. And they did. They successfully, you know, it was a full time paid position. Yeah. As he should be, because he's got a wife. He's got kids. Yeah. They deserve to be fed. Mm-hmm. Right? 100%. And, yeah, and so in res- there was a point I wanted to make that I forgot. In response to all of this, they, you know, decided to take some action. So um, there was a parents' little coalition or team in Pinesdale that were like, we need to do something about this. And so they um, got in contact with uh, Stop It Now, which is a national organization about you know, red flags, prevention, abuse, blah, 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 blah. I think I know where this is going. Yep. Okay. And so we put together. <laughs> oh, my God. So okay. this, this is my exodus of the group, my personal exodus. This is, so this is in 2013. This is when, okay, gotcha. And, All right. Um, uh, so, you know, they decide, like, we got to do something about this. We need to at least educate. Awesome. I love, I love proactivity. Sure. Awesome. Yes. And so. You know, they got all the information from this very, very verified organization. And um, they started working on a PowerPoint. And my brother and I, being the cops kids, got roped into this shit. So we put mm-hmm. in tons and tons of hours yep. on this PowerPoint called 
boundaries, which was actually presented. Like there was a notification that went out to the whole town saying, hey, we're going to do this. So we went up to the chapel and we did an actual present, like on the big screen. And you and, and you and Tim were the ones who were presenting it. We did not present it, but we edited it. And oh, we, you guys made, made the, you made the presentation, but you didn't present the, Correct. okay, gotcha. And um, so it consumed a lot of our time. And it was, it was like a decent turnout. It is like, you know, just like, it, you know, it's about red flags and about not that we think all your kids are going to abuse other kids, but like, don't give them the opportunity. Yeah. For one. Like, yeah. Who's that going to hurt? Nobody. Um, you know, and uh, so then, um, oh, I, the timeline of this is really hard. So, yeah, they had hired on as a full time police officer like two months prior. Yeah. And um, there was this. Uh, and so then a bunch of people were like, oh, well, you had it on the wrong day, so we want to revote because legally a town meeting had to be on, like, the second Tuesday or something. So, okay. like, so they held them to a technicality, and they had a revote, and this is the night. So it was a town meeting to revote this information, like, very quickly in succession of the boundaries Kay. presentation. I am about to burst with urine. I'm going to go pee. Okay. Okay, so right where you're at, okay, I'm, I'm making sure this is all going to be edited out, but revote. Okay. Revote. Okay.